one. Welcome to the Triage Method podcast with me, Gary McGowan, and my co-host, Mr. Patrick Farrell. I have been forced to omit middle names because Patty, Patty was getting offended. But in the next podcast on a Thursday, you're actually going to hear the middle name because we do these in reverse order because we're smart like that. Yeah, but they're actually, anyway. no, they're actually in order now because... Oh, yeah. That Broad. one came out last Thursday when we had a guest interview on the Monday. So they're actually in order now. So you guys are in the future right now, time traveling. Yes, that's, that's correct, Gary. Anyway, what are we going to talk about in today's podcast? We're going to talk about a very vague topic. <laughs> no, we've got a, a good couple of points to present that I think will click with a lot of people. Fundamentally, we are going to be talking about consistency the importance of consistency and why people would be so much better off to actually focusing on developing consistent systems um, or, or habits or whatever in training, nutrition, other areas of life, rather than trying to constantly add in um, novelty and changes. Because obviously like this is like, this is it, it's cliche because it's important. Like that's the important thing to understand here that like people always say, consistency is key but i mean like it actually is like that that's why people say it so much but you often don't see it employed very much in practice in that people change around their diets very often they don't have any consistency in what they eat day to day they don't have a a go-to schedule that they could you know ring off which isn't necessary but it's definitely helpful you know the same with training you know training weeks look different every week some weeks you know they're they're very active some weeks they're not active at all and if you can get some of those things in order and you can like lay a foundation of, of, of these basic habits, these basic routines, this consistency, then that's going to set you up for like, if not getting better results, you're definitely not going to have the troughs that a lot of people experience. Like your, your peaks will hopefully be higher, but your troughs will definitely not be as low. And for me, like that is what this is all about. That's what health is all about. It's about setting, setting yourself up so that you do not have a fragile approach. You know, ideally you want your, your approach to be robust in that like it's always, it's always, you know, holding you there. You're never getting into those deep troughs, but you want to be, you know, anti-fragile. You want to have a, a setup in all areas of life where, you know, when there's adversity, like that's not a problem for you. You just get stronger because you actually modify your habits and you keep moving forward. So, so that's going to be the, the topic of today's podcast. Absolutely wonderful. So essentially we're talking about consistency rather than, novelty which again it like i said it seems like a cliched thing and it's like well it is cliched because it's so fundamental to the whole process so i'm essentially going to attack this from two different well yeah two different sides and again that's the the diet and then the the training side of things right and first of all the 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 thing the reason we're, we're approaching this is because it's something that comes up all the time in our coaching practice, right? Because you could make a change to someone's diet, right? But making that change almost becomes an expectation, right? And they kind of want like every time they check in or whatever, especially at the initial period uh, coaching someone, every time they check in, they kind of want you to make a change or to tweak something or to, you know, move around some variable or address some variable. When in reality, once you've got a lot of things down, there is no reason to actually change things, right? They just need to be run, you know? It's like, 
you are a computer program and you just need to put all the inputs in and then the computer program will run and then you'll get the output, right? And yeah, when you get the output, it might be slightly wrong and then you have to tweak a few variables, but you can't skip over the runtime. You know, you, you can't skip that period. Like, well, yeah, you may want to make it run faster or, you know, do more or whatever. It's inbuilt into the system that there is going to be this time that you just have to effectively do the changes you've made. You just have to let them run their course, you know? And again, like it, 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 as an individual, you kind of feel like, oh yeah, you should be making changes all the time. You should be tweaking this and you should be tweaking that. Especially as, as you start this whole health and fitness journey, whatever, like at the very start, you're kind of like, oh, I should be changing this. Or, you know, oh, I heard this new concept and you're like, maybe I should apply that. And you're, you're constantly adding new layers, variables, different things. And like Gary said, your, your diet might not look the same week to week. Your, your training might not, not look the same week to week. And as a result, you actually are never consistent, even if you are consistently dieting or consistently training. It's like you're not actually being consistent in your actions. Like, for example, you might be training four times per week, but there's actually no progression system within that. Every single session looks different. Like, there's no week on week building on what you built the week before. It's like every single week, to use a different analogy, it's like you're trying to build a village, you know, and every single week you lay the foundation for a house over here and then over here you lay some bricks and over here it's like you fucking thatch a roof or something. It's like none of this is joined together. It's like, yeah, you have all the different components of a certain house or whatever, but there's no cohesion between this. You know, it's like they might all be very good approaches and they might all be variables that you should be thinking of, but because you're never consistent in actually applying them in one direction, you're never actually moving towards your goals, you know, or you're haphazardly moving towards your goals. And that's why we're, we're kind of going into this because, you know, the desire to change things around is actually holding back a lot of people from actually achieving their long-term goals, you know, and this, 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 is to address both from the coaching perspective and then the individual perspective, like if you're coaching yourself, you know, because as a coach, especially if you're, you're new to the industry, you can almost feel like you should be changing things around more frequently because the individual expects that, you know, whereas the best thing you can actually do is to keep things consistent and get them to hammer down the, the consistent things or the, rather the, the basics consistently and that will actually get them results even if they're like oh no well should i try this or should i do this and what about this it's like all of that's irrelevant unless you're getting the basics right so we'll, we'll go into this a little bit more in depth so you can actually understand what we're kind of skirting around there so look at it from a diet perspective you know like if we're looking at the diet right there are a few basic principles that should be guiding your life and this this holds true whether you're like the keto guy and the fucking vegan guy or whatever else you know there's a few basics that once applied you are going to see progression right and the first one we've said it before is you know calories you know so 
if you're not consistent in your, your calorie intake, and I don't mean like you have to eat the exact same amount of calories per day. What I mean is you have to respect the thermodynamic principles. You know, you have to be at a calorie appropriate diet for your overall goals, you know? So once you're doing that, you'll see progress if you're consistent in it. If you're inconsistent in it, you know, some days you're eating fucking 500 calories and then other days you're eating a thousand calories and, you know, there's no logical reason in how you've actually structured your, your calories, then you're, you're not going to get consistent results. Even if you're like, oh, well, I'm consistently eating. It's like, yeah, well, it's that you're not actually consistently doing the, the actual principle. You know, and you'll see this again, if you're coaching individuals, people will not hit their calories. They'll just be like, this is the calorie level we should be at. Right. And again, like there's different approaches you can go to that. You could be working on like portion sizes or, you know, habits to achieve that or whatever, you know, there's, or you could just be hitting you know, calories and macro targets, you know, multiple ways to skin a cat with that. But if they're not actually following your calorie recommendations, like they're not, they're trying to gain weight and they're not actually eating the 500 calorie surplus that you recommend, or you're trying to lose weight and they're not, you know, eating the 500 calorie deficit that you recommend. I'm just pulling those numbers out of my ass, but you know, the, the whatever number you choose, if they're not doing that, then they're not going to see results, you know, and they can be talking about whatever extra supplement they can bring in. And then, Oh, should I try I don't know, fucking this pre-workout or this creatine or this fucking super pump 3000 fucking whatever. It's like all of that's irrelevant because you're not hitting the master key. You're not doing the one thing that is going to give you the 99.9% improvement, you know? So that's the first thing you like the, the base principles of the diet. Firstly being you know, thermodynamics. If you're not respecting that, you're not going to see the results that you actually want to achieve. And that might seem really, really fucking obvious when you're in this world as a, as a coach or as whatever, but it's actually somewhat, we'll say deceptive to the gen pop because what they see as consistent is not what you see as consistent. Right. And what I mean by that is they might be consistent in trying to hit those calories Monday to Friday. But then on Saturday and Sunday, it's like, oh, well, that's, you know, that's the weekend. That's different, you know? So they're not consistent across the, the longer time period that's actually required to see results, you know? And they don't see that as an issue because they're like, oh, well, it was only like, you know, an extra, you know, cake and that pizza and whatever. But I've been consistent with the meal plan you gave me or the meal structure you gave me or the calories and whatever you gave me. And I've been consistent with that 90% of the time. You know, and this, this is the issue with training and the issue with nutrition. It's not like a, an a la carte menu where it's like, you can just be like, Oh, I'll just pick this here and this, that, and this, like you actually have to look after all of the variables, but all of the time, you know, it's a, it's a set meal plan or not a set meal plan. It's a set meal, you know, structure. It's like, this is your starter. This is your fucking main. This is your dessert. You don't get a choice. It's like, you can, you can choose to only eat the starter and the dessert, but you're, you're not like, you can't, that's not going to lead to the results that you want. You know, it's like, you have to eat the mains as well. You have to do the starter. You have to do like, it's, it's not a pick and choose. It's a, you have to look after your calorie input. You have to look after your calorie output and you have to do that every single day, you know, which is again, the whole concept of this consistency versus novelty. 
You know, what are your thoughts on that, Gary? Yeah, I think it's important. I think, like, I think an area that this probably, like, people don't think about this often in relation to is is actually just kind of health in general. Because I think a lot of people, you know, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, well, not not losing weight, okay, all right, you know, but but you know, I'm le- at least I'm making the effort, you know, to be healthier or whatever. And but, but when you actually like strip it back, it's like okay, so. whole food based diet it does seem like you're probably in a deficit from in those four days and it's like yeah they're probably good steps but friday saturday and sunday if you're overfeeding on let's say a, a diet that's you know very high in processed food maybe you're adding in additional alcohol and, and everything like that you've got three of those days plus the monday like afterwards um so you've got four out of seven days per week pretty much where you're in a state of what one could call like metabolic dysregulation to some degree, you know, because you're going to be, you know, having much larger fluctuations in, in blood, blood glucose and and blood lipids after your meals, you know, you're going to be a little bit less, a little bit less responsive to some of the hormonal signals after you eat and, and things like that. Potentially you're having, you know, poorer sleep. And if you're, if you're binge drinking, like a lot of people do at the weekend, especially in Ireland, you know, people are like, I wouldn't be much of a drinker only on the Saturday night, but they could have like 12, 15 drinks. Like that's like not uncommon. Again, exposing your, your liver and then other organ systems, your brain to all of this toxicity. And then when you, if you actually were to zoom out, oh yeah, all the time. (laughs) If you were to zoom out and look on average, then you'd be saying, well, actually like you're actually not doing great in terms of health. Like I know you're, you, you identify as a healthy person because of your decisions from Monday to Thursday, and maybe you have that intent. But on average, like if we were to you know, look at a summary over a course of multiple months, your approach is actually like not healthful at all. Whereas someone who is maybe, they're, they're, quite consi- they're quite consistent, but if you look at any one day, you're not like, ah, p- person's probably not a health freak. You know, they're not Monday to Thursday. They don't have all their meals in, in lunch boxes or whatever. But, you know, they have some eggs when they get up and a bit of toast and, you know, maybe a bit of fruit at, at, at their, their morning break. They have at lunch and then they have a dinner, whatever their mother's making. And, you know, maybe they have a, a couple of a couple of drinks a couple of nights per week. And when you look at that person's approach on average, it's like, yeah, this person doesn't look very health conscious. But when you sum, when you look at it over multiple months and compare it to the health conscious person, it's like, yeah, you're actually doing a better job, you know? And you, you do see that a lot in the fitness industry. Even people who are promoting themselves as, you know, quote unquote influencers, you'll see that their weekends can often be, you know, quite messy. And if you were to average that out across the week, sometimes it doesn't look all that helpful. So that's why I'm saying that, you know, you don't need to look at, judge yourself based on, you know, having the perfect approach on Monday. I mean, having a, having like a sandwich for lunch is something that's almost like viewed as like not healthy these days. It's like, what? You're not, you don't have your Tupperware, but you could be doing a much better job than the person with the Tupperware from Monday to Thursday. So you do need to look at that on average over time. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of hard because when you discuss this, all of this stuff, where like essentially being consistent, you know, it, it almost makes it sound like you have to do a, like a, an all or nothing approach, right? Yeah. And that, I don't want that to be the message you take away from this, you know? Like what we're actually talking about is actually understanding what consistency actually means, right? And that doesn't mean that it has to be all or nothing, you know, where it's like, Oh, if you're not consistent, you might as well just fucking give up and not even try, right? But what we're trying to say is, you know, 
like if you are trying to re- get results in whatever you know health performance you know body composition whatever it is if you're if you're trying to get results in those areas you actually have to be aware of what consistency actually means for that right like i think it's easier to see in terms of performance right especially we'll talk from like a powerlifting perspective right so you're trying to get better at the squat bench deadlift if you just you know every second workout just skipped the squats you do say you just literally do three workouts per week and one of them is a squat focus one one is a bench focus one and one is a deadlift focus and we'll just we'll just make it easy right and every second week you're just not doing the squat one you know you're just not doing it you just skip it like you would automatically be like yeah i'm not going to achieve my squat goals you know and that also actually might affect my you know other goals because i'm not consistent with my training as a whole and you know like there's there's some carryover between squats and deadlifts and maybe not getting the the full body stimulus and all this kind of stuff and you're like okay well that's probably a bad approach if my goal is to get better at the squat bench and deadlift you know so you can very easily see that right because you're like oh i'm skipping that every second week so i'm essentially getting half the results as a result you know you might, but you might be still be getting results which which is the deceptive thing you know essentially if you're hitting your squats every second week because you're you're essentially skipping it every other week you know you are still getting that stimulus you're still probably making some sort of progress again depending on your training experience etc you know so you can be deceived into thinking it's like oh yeah this is fine like i'm i'm still progressing in my squats you know like i'm just not progressing at the rate i want but there's still progress and you, you know what i mean you know progress is progress uh so you, you kind of fool yourself and you're like that's actually yeah it's fine that i skip every second week it's it's not a big issue like yeah i probably should go but who really cares you know when in reality it's like yeah, but like if you actually push that out over a longer time course, you know, like, yeah, over a 12 week period, you, you don't really care that, you know, oh, well, I didn't, I, I only gained five kilos on my squat versus 10 kilos. It's like, that doesn't like, yeah, you would love the 10 kilos increase, but it's not that big a deal. But if you actually push that out over a bigger time course, you know, we'll say across your training, you know, career, you could have gained a hundred kilos on your squat just to make the numbers easy, a hundred kilos on your squat over the 10, 15, 20 years that you've been training, you've only gained 50 kilos. You know, it's like you've actually left 50 kilos on the table because you chose to not be consistent with that. And I think that's a lot easier for people to see that because it's, it's obviously an easy metric to track. And obviously, you know, it's like, Oh, well you can actually see the, the, the issue but it's the exact same with the diet and with training as a whole, you know, in terms of health as well, you know, where it's like you are making these trade-offs and you have to be aware of them. And then you have to be okay with them, you know, if you're choosing to engage in those activities. Right. And again, I don't want it to be like an all or nothing. Like, Oh, if you're not doing all of these things, you might as well fucking quit. But you, if you know that, you like to smoke cigarettes and you're willing to have that health issue, like, and you well, potential health issues. And you're like, I'm actually okay with that. Like you've made that trade off, right? Like as an individual, you know, it's the same with the diet. It's like, Oh, well, if you choose to not eat the calorie level 
that is appropriate for your goals. You have to be, like as a result, okay with the trade-off of not achieving your results in the given time period that you said you wanted to achieve them, you know? And if you're not okay with it, then you have to change the habits that are detracting you from actually achieving those goals. Like, again, if, if you're not willing to be consistent, but you still want results, you essentially have to push the time horizon out further, or you have to be willing to accept a lower magnitude of results, you know? But that's not what people do. People expect the 12 week transformation or people expect the hundred kilos on their squat, even though they're not actually consistent in the things that are going to allow them to achieve that, you know? Yes, sir. All right. Just don't say anything at all, Gary. That's, that's fantastic. I thought you might have a question for me. I just agree with you. I think it was a good point. But anyway, no, it, it, like I think I think a good, a good way to, to understand like where this fits into place is the way that most people ap- approach their their education as well. You know, people have this approach towards education, like in university at least, where they kind of just you know push everything towards the back end and just kind of cram before their exams. And you do get this kind of like yeah, there's there's some novelty in it. Like oh, you feel like you learned everything. Like boom, I knew all this right before the exam but then you just kind of forget it because you just learned it off. You use kind of quick fixes. You, you know, you had all these mnemonics to remember things and all these study hacks, but you never really understood what you actually learned. You never created, you know, that, that solid base. Whereas if you're that, if you're an individual who like, this is the type of approach I would have towards studying where you're kind of doing a bit all the time. You're like, you're not, you're not a, like I would never consider myself to be a, a good studier in that I'm not, I'm not at one of those, like if you come to me for study hacks for trying to remember things, I'm like, yeah, that's not me. Like that's not my, my interest. And even if that means me maybe doing a little bit less on one exam uh, or a little bit worse, I don't particularly mind because my goal is to understand things. And that's all I want. Like the studying medicine. Now my goal is to understand things, to understand how everything works together, not to remember mnemonics of certain things that are going to just they might stay in my brain, but I'll never understand how those things actually fit it together. Okay. So if you, if you adopt that sort of approach, I'm consistent, I'm, I'm adopting the kind of slower, less sexy approach, but ultimately like that's what, that's what leads to better outcomes in the long term. in that if you're trying to genuinely understand things, you're picking the things that are actually important as opposed to what might be high yield on an exam. And you're really focusing on trying to understand those things. And that's what makes you a better professional in the end because you actually retain the information. Whereas the people that just remembered things, they got the quick fix, they got the short-term, you know, novelty effect. Yeah, they 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 can remember some 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 muscles. Like they might like for example, if it's anatomy, it's like, yeah, I remember there was the uh, the rhomboid. It was was it one of the ones at the back, and I had a mnemonic for remembering the attachments. But they never truly understood, right, what are the functional implications of this? Like if this muscle attaches here and it attaches to these intervertebral joints and it also attaches to the the scapula, what are the implications of that for function? Like that's important. And like in some of of my exams in, in like physiology and anatomy, like physiology actually they do, but anatomy, for example, they're not necessarily testing that stuff. It's like, all right, can you remember where this is? Can you point it out? But the functional implications are lost on people. 
And that doesn't actually bring you anywhere going forward. You can't use that information and information is there to be used. But anyway, that's a sort of an aside, but it's very relevant because if you can adopt that sort of longer term approach and ask yourself truly, like, what is the end outcome I want? Then you can make much better decisions with your training and nutrition because with your nutrition, when trying to set up an approach for the long term, your goal fundamentally is to come up with a dietary system in the end that carries you forward with good body composition and health and performance for decades. Like that's what you want. So if you're not constantly contributing to the process of developing that, then you're never really moving forward. You're kind of going this way, then that way, then this way, then backwards. And you're never really getting anywhere. Like you might experience some short-term weight loss because you started this a certain system. But if that wasn't actually being built into your everyday life, then that's just not helpful. You know, you want to find ways that you can tweak the, the variables that are somewhat constant in your day-to-day -day life in favor of you moving in the right direction. So if you're currently sitting there and you're like, I'm so, you know, I'm so lazy with my lunch. I wish I was like the people that prep their meals every day, but I actually just buy a sandwich um, and a bag of crisps at work every day. Um, I know it's terrible, isn't it? But it's not. That's the thing. Like all you have to do is say to yourself, okay, sandwich and crisps, that's consistent. I already know I can stick to that. So why don't I choose one of the other sandwiches that maybe has less mayo and doesn't have bacon or something like that and an apple instead? Like it doesn't require you to change your routine. It probably doesn't require you to change your, your expenditure for, like financially. It doesn't require you to add any additional preparation. So that's just a very slight little tweak. And they're the types of things that matter. You know, I've talked about it before, but one of the, con the constants in my my day, like with my diet, is, is pretty much my breakfast. Like most of the time, over the, if you looked back over the last two to three years, like probably much longer, like I have porridge for breakfast. Like that's mostly what I do. So I'll have porridge for breakfast um, with, dark, with fruit, dark chocolate, whey protein, plus or minus other things. So if I was in a dieting phase, I might have a little bit less dark chocolate. I'll reduce the portion of my oats slightly that's pretty much it. You know, it's enough to take away maybe 100, 200 calories. And if I make a similar change later in the day, that's enough for me to complete my deficit. There's no like, oh, I'm starting dieting now, time to get on the diet. Similarly, there's no time to get on the bulk, time to get on the surplus, and then looking on, on Google, like what are the best bulking foods? It's just like, no, I actually now have 120 grams of oats instead of 100, and now I have 1.5 of the bars of dark, dark chocolate that I normally use, and now I'm moving in the right direction. Again, no change to my day-to-day -day life, can get on with my life. I don't need to change where I shop. I don't need to order anything online. Don't need to spend extra time prepping my meals. I do the exact same thing. And that's what, that, that's what creates longevity, you know? You're dead right. And like this, again, like it kind of seems like very simplistic and also easy to misrepresent what we're saying. But effectively whatever diet paradigm you fall into none of them work unless you're consistent with them you know and that's 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 kind of what i want you to take away from this you know it, it shouldn't be like oh i should be changing things all the time like even gary was saying like you make a small tweak here like that should be done and then run for like four weeks six weeks seven weeks or whatever and it's like see how that has affected you you know it shouldn't be like oh well you know this week i dropped a uh, half that half of that chocolate bar that you put in your fucking oats you know and oh well 
yeah, like that was great. But then next week I'm going to do drop it down to a hundred grams of oats. And then next week I'm like, Oh, actually, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get rid of the chocolate. And you know, and then next week it's like, Oh, I'm actually going to do 80 grams of oats. And it's like, like, why are you changing things so frequently? You know, like that's just, it's essentially not trusting the process, you know? And like that, again, like if you are an experienced coach or you're an experienced individual and you know that these little tweaks are actually what's needed, needed to, you know, change you in the right direction, it's like, fine. But if you are someone that's just like, okay, well, like I just want to achieve some results and whatever, it's like the less frequent you can make changes and the longer you can run those changes, probably the better, you know? Like if you can make a small calorie adjustment, run that until it stops working, then you're going to be in a great place, you know, and then you can adjust from there, you know, but there shouldn't be very frequent changes, you know, because what, like, what are you actually adapting to then you're adapting to change, which is not actually what you want. You want to adapt to what you are trying to adapt to, you know, if you want to try to adapt to a calorie deficit, it's like you want to try to adapt to a 200 calorie deficit, not, you know, Oh, well this week I was in, 200 then next week i was in a thousand but then i started binging on the weekend as a result so you know i actually brought that back up and now it's a 500 but then there was still that binge midweek so now i had to drop it to a thousand and it's like like what are you actually adapting to it's like this is all over the place there's no consistency in your approach that you can actually then you know base changes off of you know and, and this is the same with this is why like we generally don't use you know different calorie levels on like training days and non-training days like yeah it is a valid approach in some instances and it does help some individuals but because it's a variable that you've introduced which again can have its have its benefits you can see like huge variability in the scale and that can be really off-putting because you're like one day you're like oh well you know i'm actually down two kilos and the next day you're up four kilos and you're like what the fuck like like how do i track this and obviously again like you have to look over the, the longer time period. But again, that comes down to the consistency thing where you're like, oh, you consistently know every time you have one of your low carb days, you drop two kilos. Cool. Uh, that's a consistent now that you, you know that that's in place, you know, but it takes a little bit longer to actually know that that's in place because again, like there's, there's so much variability in your other days, you know, but that's a bit of an aside, right? So that I think gets people thinking about that, especially in terms of diet you know and that's especially in terms of your overall calories but it also applies to other aspects of the diet right and what i mean by this is you know excuse me the the foods you eat you know this is something that i think people in the we'll call it the iifym community or you know the calories and macro community do really poorly and it has both its benefits and its negatives and it is eating a huge variety of foods right and that might seem like oh well like that's good you want to have you know a diverse variety of micronutrient rich foods and you know cycle them in and out of your diet and that's definitely something that we recommend however what a lot of people do is they try to be as as exotic with their food selection as they possibly can be to still hit their numbers like there's no like if i was like oh tell me what the five like kind of staple meals you have in a week are or you know what are the few different foods that you eat and they're like oh man, I eat completely differently every single day, you know? And it's like, okay, well, that's, that's beneficial to an extent, but it's like, there is no consistency in this. Like, like, do you know how your body responds to chicken, say? You know, like the, how do you feel after eating that? And you're like, oh, I don't know. When was the last time you had chicken? <laughs> you know, I could have had it three times this week, four times this week, once per week. I, I don't know. Like, I have literally something different every single day, 
you know? And it's like, yeah, okay, there, there is a benefit to this. There, there is a benefit to this. But you're, you're, you're noticing that you're having this like GI upset. And because you have so much variability in here, it's like, like we can't solve this. We can't dial in on a specific that might be causing you an issue. And then if you're like, oh, well, like, you know, some days I, I'm up two kilos and other days I'm down two kilos. And it's like, well, what did you do different on those days? It's like, oh, I don't know. It's like, was there certain foods that you ate that, you know, you noticed you had like extra gas or, you know, water retention from your, I don't know. Because there's so much like novelty in it. You're just trying to essentially hit numbers. You're like, I'm going to see what the fuck I can fit in to hit my numbers, you know? And again, like it, that has some validity to it, but you, the, you've actually just brought in a huge amount of novelty and gotten rid of all the consistency that allows you to then actually see how your diet is affecting you as an individual. And this applies to both like food selection and we'll call it food timing. You know, like if I'm like, Oh, well, like how do meals affect you in terms of training? Like, you know, like, I, I, what, what do you mean? And you're like, well, like, can you eat before training? Like, do you need a meal two hours before training? You know, like what suits you best in terms of, you know, how you feel when you're training? They're like, I don't know. Like I, I I just don't know. You're like, what, what do you mean you don't know? And it's like, oh, well, some days I have 500 calories before training. Some days I don't eat before training. Some days I, you know, eat an hour before training. Some days I eat like 15 minutes before training. And there's just a huge amount of variability. And it's like, it's extremely hard to then compare like, oh, this squat workout to the next squat workout you did because you're like, oh, well, they're the same workout on paper, but all the variables around them, you swapped up so much. So I don't know if the fact that you didn't get the reps you got last week is a result of you, you know, being quote unquote overtrained or the fact that you only ate 200 calories three hours beforehand and you were feeling extremely hungry or you didn't have like a consistent level of water intake. Like there's, you, you've just brought in all these extra variables and I don't know if they're the reason you're not progressing or the, the training program, you know, Can you speak to that, Gary. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, again, like one of the, one of the areas that this tends to, to come up as well is like people who they're like, yeah, I kind of, I kind of fast sometimes, you know, I'm like, Oh yeah, I fast sometimes. And Oh yeah. When do you fast? You know, do you have a consistent routine? It's like, yeah, no, not really. You know, sometimes I just cram all my calories in at the end of the day. Other times I cram all my calories in at the start of the day. I was like, how does that affect your training? And then it's like, ah, it's grand. You know, I don't really know because I don't have any consistency and you, you don't end up with it with any, anything that you can actually use to make decisions. But even more than that, and, and something you're not going to necessarily observe is like, as we've discussed before, like your body starts to develop and entrain the rhythms of multiple different processes in response to the inputs that you provide it okay and that are provided from the environment but you know if you're constantly changing when you eat the majority of your calories the the composition of those meals then you know the the your metabolic response to those meals is might not be as good as it otherwise would be. Like for example, if you're constant, if you if you do like two days, let's say where you eat all your calories at breakfast. Like some people do this, where they're like, yeah, just like one meal a day, bro, and then they do like you know the evening the next time. You know your body was essentially being entrained to expect you know a big bolus of food in the morning time, and then you give it again. 
and you can end up with some level of metabolic dysregulation in response to that. So like that's one factor that may not be seen, but what you're talking about here is the stuff that you can actually use to, to make decisions. And if you can start to get an idea of how you're actually responding to your meals, then you can make much better decisions. Like one example might be the, the types of foods that you are typically used to eating before training, you know? So that then reduces the amount of variability that you have in your performance in the gym, because what might happen is that you normally have a meal, you know, two hours before um, sometimes, but then sometimes you have one, one hour before, sometimes you have 15 minutes before, as you said, but the foods that you're eating are always changing. Um, and some days you find that you're real bloated and that, you know, you can't really get your belt on and that affects your ability to brace and you don't really feel like that into training. And, you skip your cardio after because you know you, you get a bit of a stitch if you can have some consistency there then you can start to analyze why those things might be happening you know do you have more gas one day okay why might that be was was the banana that you had in your porridge was it green you know okay that might give us some, some indication as to why that might be the case but if, if you have consistency there you can gather that information if you don't have consistency you can't gather that information and you're always left kind of kind of guessing pretty much or, or hoping for the best yeah, and I think it's, again, easy enough to see in terms of the food selection. So you might be like, okay, cool. Like, I want to have some variability in my food, but I want to have some consistency in those variables. You know, it's like, oh, I have a handful of breakfasts that I cycle between. They're all roughly similar calorie, protein, you know, macro breakdown, whatever, you know? And you're like, okay, cool. That's cool. Same with lunches, same with dinners. You have like some consistency and some consistency in the, the times you eat them relative to say training or whatever, you know, again, I think people can see that that would be a good approach, you know, and they're like, okay, so I can see what they're saying. Like, don't bring in a lot of novelty at the expense of consistency, but this is another area. And like, you just, it was the next one I wanted to get onto, but you've just mentioned it as well, which is the kind of entrainment aspect, right? Because this is what people will do as well. You know, they'll have a really rigid structure Monday to Friday. And then Saturday and Sunday, it's like, that's just completely out the window, you know? And like you touched on it before as well, where you're kind of like, you essentially with like, say alcohol and stuff, where it's like, you might be out doing unhealthful habits, we'll say consistently, you know, Friday to Sunday or whatever. But it's like, those things actually throw you off for the rest of the week as well. Because, you know, say, even if you're not doing unhealthful habits, but you know, you have a consistent schedule, you're like, well, I work nine to five, I go to the gym beforehand, five days per week, you know, even if one of them is just a cardio session or something, you know, it's like, I have a consistent schedule, train in the morning, go to work, eat in the evening, watch Netflix, whatever, you know, consistently get my 10 K steps per day, you know, whatever it is, you know, but then on the weekend, it's like, Oh yeah, I actually sleep in four hours on a Saturday. And then I stay up an extra two, three hours on the, the Saturday as well. And then on the Sunday, it's like, Oh, I feel tired, but you know, I wake up at, you know, 12 in the middle of the day, I struggle to get my calories in. They're all over the place. And then, you know, I know I have work on the Monday, so I have to go to bed early, but I'm not tired. So I go into the Monday tired then because I didn't sleep enough. And it's like, you've actually just thrown yourself off by having no consistency in the structure of your overall week, you know? And again, like this is not to say that you have to have, you know, rigid meal time. And it's like, oh, your phone is, or your watch is beep, beep, beep. You have to have your meal at 7 a.m. It's like, that's not what I'm saying that. It's like, it has to be extremely rigid, but there should be some consistency. And again, if you go back to our sleep episode, where it's like, there should be some consistency in your, you know, 
sleep and wake times you know they're across the week you know even if it is yeah like an hour or two out that again i don't think that's a huge issue but there still should be some consistency there that it's like this forms the foundation of your life not just you know your your health and fitness goals it's like from that consistency then you can start making changes and start assessing how you respond but again it's like if you just brought in a load of novelty even if it is just sleeping extra on the weekend it's extremely hard to then see how your sleep is being affected by other variables you know like if you're trying to dial in your sleep and you're like yeah i can nail it down monday to thursday i'm really really nailing it down and then you just bring in all this novelty on the other days like I don't know how much of the, the Monday to Thursday is being affected by the novelty you brought in on the Friday to Sunday, you know, I'm like, are you coming into Monday extremely tired now because you have this altered pattern and you're trying to wake up when you're in a different stage of sleep and you know, you're tired throughout the day. And again, like you start reaching for some caffeine and you know, it's like, like there's so much variability, even though you might think that you're being consistent with your sleep sleep overall because you're like oh well monday to friday i go to sleep at 10 and you know monday to friday i wake up at 6 a.m or whatever it is you know and you're like yeah, i'm being consistent with that but then it's like okay can we just extend that out even two days and it's like okay you're not being consistent with that on two out of seven days it's like again like let's extend that out over the weeks the months or whatever it's like that's literally two sevenths of your life that you're not being consistent it's like, and again, I go back to that like squat analogy. It's like, okay, if we have seven workouts in a week and you just skip two of them every single week, it's like, you, you can't say that they're part of your workout. <laughs> you know, you can't say that they're part of your training week if you just consistently skip those two workouts. You know, like you would, you'd be like, oh yeah, I train five days per week because you don't train on the other two days. You're not consistent with them. You know, like all your program might say, seven days of training per week you're only doing five of those training sessions you know so it's like you have to be willing to accept that that is going to affect your results you know and again i'm not saying that it has to be an all or nothing approach where it's like well if you don't get your eight hours or you're inconsistent with your sleep on the weekends just fucking give up that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is you have to be willing to accept the trade-offs of that or you have to be willing to go okay this is actually an issue that might actually be hindering my goals that i say i have and either i have to change my expectations or my goals or i have to actually change my habits my lifestyle whatever to actually be consistent with the values i say i have you know yeah and i mean like like this gets to to the crux of really what, what we're trying to get people to think about and that is the fact that there are many many little wins that you can actually begin to accumulate through simply adjusting some of the things that you already do rather than adding in more things to do and the one of the places that that's really you know instructive here is the question that we often get like how can i improve recovery what can i do what can I add to improve recovery? What are your favorite recovery tools, etc.? And this is a mindset that you know is is very much you know nourished by the fitness industry, you know the the general conversation, because we're generally people are generally trying to sell or not not even sell, but try to push their approach on you. And when people are doing that, it's generally the addition of something new, the addition of something novel. Um, 
it's it's always but cover they need to you know add in something new whereas like the the easiest thing that you can do is begin to play around with some of the things that you already do so if you're if you're if you're struggling with recovery you know you're feeling generally fatigued you're feeling you know muscle soreness going on for days etc and you're not feeling like you're ready to come in and perform again then the best things to do are to start off by saying okay what does my week look like currently all right there's three week, three nights where i'm sleeping 6.5 hours per night that's a problem Let's get on that. Step one, boom. Okay, so you're, 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 you're adding via just adjusting some of the things that are already there. So sleep, you've taken care of that. All right, calories. Like, what are you doing with your calories? Okay, yeah, cool. I've kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm getting my calories in, you know, most days, but I'm under eating then a couple of days as well. Um, because I'm busy at work. Okay, let's let's kind of sort that out. Are there are there other things? Okay, your protein intake is low a couple of days. We could definitely you know work on that. Um, we also see that maybe you're you're not always getting your your lower body session in, and the weeks you do then get it in, you're way sore because you're not you're not consistent with that. Okay, so they're the types of things. They're the types of examples where this starts to become important. Is questions like recovery, things like fat loss things like muscle gain, because you never want to, or at least most people don't want to, you don't want to have to add in more stuff if what you're doing is already not as useful as it could be, you know, because it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to have to do more. That's why I always just, like, I, I, I go to the, the library in, in UCC, and I, I sit there sometimes, and like, this probably is an effective use of my time, but I sit there, and I'm looking at people, and they're genuinely, like, they're watching Netflix for an hour, or they're on their phone for an hour or you know they're just kind of on asos or whatever and people do that for multiple hours and i'm like like why are you kidding yourself you, like because you, you're you're actually not getting the benefit of the free time because you're still treating it as oh i'm in the library you know i could be doing something else but i'm bringing myself to the library but you're also not getting the benefit of, of doing the study so you're just in this area of limbo and that's where people are with their fitness goals you know people are putting in all these efforts and kind of do it like constantly adding more stuff, more stuff, more stuff, but they haven't even made the most of like the real simple things. So if you want to make your life easier, master a couple of the basic things, do that over multiple years and you'll make progress in all areas of life. Yeah. And it's actually even easier to see in terms of the diet as well, because what people will do is though they won't be consistent in their calories, right. Or their macros. Right. But then they're like, Oh, well I'm not getting results. So should I add a fat burner in, you know, as if that's, as if that's going to be the thing, or it's like, oh, should I add X supplement in? It's like the supplement is supposed to be a supplement to the already on point diet. You know, it's like that's that's not going to be the make or break thing if you're not doing like think about it. Like we'll say at most you're going to get one percent from a supplement, one percent improvement in whatever metric that supplement is supposed to help. You know, and it's like if you're not doing the stuff that gets you to 99%, it's like this, this is just throwing money away. And you see this a lot in like, say the, the nootropic world, people are like, Oh, I need to take this nootropic for concentration, focus, or fucking mental acuity or verbal acuity or verbal recall or whatever the fuck. Right. And it's like, mate, you sleep five hours a night. It's like that. Like it's irrelevant. Like you can spend your fucking 60 euro on that supplement, but it's not going to actually be like, yeah, okay. It's going to give you a 1% improvement, but you know, I'll give you a fucking 90% improvement. Oh yeah. Sleeping, you know, getting the stuff, all that kind of stuff done. Like I always think that as well. Like when someone asks me about recovery, I'm kind of like, like recovery shouldn't even enter your mind. It should just be 
a part of the process. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you, like you shouldn't have to think of this. You shouldn't even ever feel like you're under recovered because you have all of the other variables on point. You know, you, your diet is appropriate. Your recovery lifestyle stuff is appropriate for your goals. You know, like you are practicing stress management, you are sleeping enough, you're, you're doing all that stuff. And like, yeah, initially you might have to tweak some things where you're like, Oh yeah. Like eight hours of sleep is probably a good idea. I'm only getting seven, you know, at the start. But when people are talking about, Oh, how do I improve recovery? And they're six years into training or something. I'm like, this, this shouldn't even be a, a concern at this stage. You know, like obviously there are certain things where you're like, Oh, well I talk, took up a new sport or I, you know, I never squatted before. And now I'm starting to squat. It's like, obviously there's, there's issues or reasons why you would start thinking about recovery again. But it's like, once you're over that initial time period, like it, it shouldn't be an issue unless you're doing something that's inappropriate for your actual goals. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. And then the final bit of this whole puzzle, which is, I actually think that this is why I lasted the last. I actually think it's easier to see how this all plays together is again in the training, training realm, you know, and obviously I touched on it earlier on, you know, talking about the squats or missing workouts or whatever, but it's actually easy to see how novelty versus consistency actually hinders your results right? Because if you're going into a, a, a workout and there's no structure to that workout and there's no progression to that workout, you're, you're not actually going to see the results you want, you know? Like if you just go into a, a training session and you're like, yeah, my, my goal is to just fucking get my biceps as sore as possible, you know? It's like, well, like why? Like are you trying to grow those muscles are you trying to get them bigger stronger you know more fucking i don't know endurance <laughs> you know it's like what like what's the actual reason for that workout and if it's just to get them as sore as possible yeah that's that's fine but there's no actual goal like like we were saying before it's like that's a that's kind of a side effect of the the training process you know and while it might get you some results especially initially because realistically in beginners like anything is going to work and you might also find yourself falling into like purely by accident good practices like you might be like we'll say just as an average you know like 20 sets for a muscle group per week you know is a good good hypertrophy you know point you know if you just say like 20 sets right you might find yourself falling into that by accident where you're like Oh yeah, I do four different exercises, five sets for each of them, because that just fits into your your hour workout or whatever, and you progress as a result, you know. But it's like there's no actual rhyme or reason to it, you know. And also, it's like, are you actually progressing to the extent that you could progress to? Because you know, every single workout you're doing different exercises, and obviously, you know, some exercise variability is good, but there comes a point where you're like, you're like, you never actually even mastered squatting. You know, like you actually don't know how to squat because you only ever squat every fucking sixth or seventh workout. You know, it's like, Oh yeah, I do leg press this day. I do a hack squat this way. You know, I do fucking V squat this day. I do front squats this day. I do fucking, you know, back squats this day. I do Smith machine squat. And you're just always changing 
up the exercise you do and you're never actually adapting to that exercise. And well, yes, there is some validity in, in terms of that because you know, you're getting some different stimulus to, through the muscle, but there's actually no progression even session on session because there's so much variability. It's like, am I actually getting stronger legs as a result? Are my quads getting stronger, for example? It's like, well, like what did you do the last time in the hack squat? And you're like, oh, I don't really know. I just do whatever feels, you know, heavy enough for eight or whatever rep target you have. You know, it's like there's no consistency in terms of the progression here. There's no consistency in terms of the adaptation to the exercise. And there's, there's no rhyme or reason to the overall approach. And I think people are able to see that a lot easier once they kind of realize that consistency in just exercise selection or consistency in training volume consistency in intensity uh consistency in all the training variables it's like oh i can actually see this week on week progress you know like you get a lot of clients come into us and you'll be like okay well let, let's go through like set, set you up with a training program blah 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 and they come to you and they're like oh yeah i only i don't know squat 60 kilos you know and they're like oh well i i've been training for three years and you're like you're an 80 kilo male you know it's like if you if, if an 80 kilo male came to me and it's like I only have a 60 kilo squat and I've been training for three years I'm like Did, were you not squatting and they're like oh yeah I was squatting and it's like in my mind I'm like what like how, how did that occur and you kind of go okay cool maybe they just have issues with their form technique issues with the progression there maybe they were injured I mean hundreds of variables go through your mind you're like okay cool we're just gonna get you onto a consistent program here and then you see them completely transform over a 12 week period where it's like, Oh yeah, I came to you with a 60 kilo squat. Now I'm squatting, you know, 160. And you're like, how did this happen? And you kind of dig in a little bit deeper and you realize it's like, they actually had no consistency in squatting like consistently, you know, it was like, Oh, it was something that they occasionally did usually skipped. You know, this is especially true of leg training, especially for guys. It's like, it's just something that gets skipped all the time. Uh, like the only consistency is they skip, squats or legs consistently you know <clears throat> and you're like well oh, jesus like you actually had a huge you know area of growth ability that you were just ignoring because you just didn't do it consistently you know and it's like your legs are completely different they've completely like grown got stronger fucking whatever and it's like for most people they say they are like a hard gainer or they say they have trouble with whatever issue and it's like the only reason is because you haven't actually been consistent in actually doing that you know either multiple times per week or at least you know weekly you know yep there's a there's a good quote and i don't know where it came from but it's 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 pretty nice to summarize all of this and it's it's that you will not rise to the level of your goals you will fall to the level of your systems or your habits or whatever basically saying that if you don't have like, like you, you, where you are is a result of the things that you do consistently. Okay. Like that, that's fundamentally it. And if you're not making any progress with your studies, with your muscle gain, with your fat loss, they're like the best thing you can possibly do is not look into the future for solutions. It's to look back to see where the faults are. What has been the problem up to this point? And your systems, like for whatever reason, they're not good enough at this point. So you need to make adjustments. And looking for novelty is is almost, you know, it's it's rarely the way forward. 
rarely. Um, so don't, don't, don't worry about, you know, what they, like obviously have goals, have direction, but most importantly, have systems in place that are going to push you in the right direction. Um, and that's the most important thing in, in every area of life, I think. So consistency beats novelty is what you're saying. I think so. So I think that answers the question effectively or hopefully gives people a launching point for thoughts themselves, you know? And again, it is a, while it's an obvious, well, apparently obvious thing, it isn't an apparently obvious thing in terms of the actual practical applications of it, you know? Like, again, like people say stuff, they're like, oh yeah, like the the 10,000 hour rule for sports or, you know, um, skill acquisition. And like, even if we disagree with the actual practicality of that or the actual utility of that, people still understand that you have to put hours in practicing to get good at something. You know, we can disagree on the number, but I think everyone would agree that you have to put the hours in to, to get good at something, you know? But then people will say they understand that, but then not actually do that themselves. You know, like again, like the, the diet is a good one because it's like you say you understand that hours rule, but you are not consistently staying on point with your diet. It's like, how can you expect to get the results that you want if it, there's no consistency? Same with training. It's like, like training is a skill. If you're not consistently practicing that skill, how do you expect to get better at that? You know, you know, it, it, it's fairly intuitive once you start actually piecing the things together. And you're like, okay, so consistency might be the thing that I'm actually missing in my approach. It may not be that my macros weren't set up perfectly, you know, the issue is probably that you weren't consistently hitting them, you know, same with like, like people always say it about, you know, the food pyramid. It's like, oh, the food pyramid is terrible. That's the reason for the obesity epidemic and everything. It's like the reason that diabetes is a, a thing that is increasing is not because people were following the food pyramid. You know, that's, they weren't consistently following the food pyramid. That wasn't the issue. You know, it's that they were consistently not following the food pyramid or any food advice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so, like, I, I think. Do you think that actually helps people in terms of does that actually, like, is someone listening to this actually thinking, okay, fuck, man, this actually helps me move forward with my my goals? Consistency might be the actual thing that I was missing all along. Is this going to help people, Gary? Yeah, I wonder. Like the thing is, like people always people always say this stuff, and that's why people are probably listening to this podcast and they're like, "Oh, that was it's pretty boring," you know. I heard all that stuff before, but I mean, if you are not putting it into practice, then you do not understand the implications of this information. Like you just don't, because you would be putting it into practice. And with the amount of people that I think we see who do not apply these thought processes to their lives, it's very clear that people really don't grasp the concept um, and I think you should just give yourself a period of time like what I would do if, if I was in that place where I was like oh god I've actually got no consistency in anything you know I'm a, I'm a student but I mean I don't really I, I don't study I mean I'm not yeah I'll, I'll study for exams and yeah I go to the gym but like I don't I don't have a plan I was wondering why I wasn't getting muscle and yeah I kind of I prep meals some days like for the next six months is what I would say. It's like, give yourself a six month period where 
you do not add anything new. Like your goal is not to add anything new, like in terms of like something novelty, some hack, like no more, no more five secret tip YouTube videos. <laughs> no more of them. <laughs> no more, uh, you know, those, those fitness videos that are like, um, oh yeah, finally, this is, this is the one trick to build a big back. Ditch all that stuff and ask yourself, right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep my time investment relatively consistent, but what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna strip off all the fluff, I'm gonna get consistent with the important stuff, and then I'll see where I am in six months. And you know, if you're still in six months time, you've made no progress, it's like, all right, maybe not, maybe you do need some, some more stuff, you need some more novelty, like that might be the case. You know, like, again, like I think studying is always a good example because like people will say, oh yeah, I just, just don't really have time to, to study. You know, personal trainers particularly are bad for this. Like, oh, I want to learn more stuff, but I, I just don't have the time to study. But then you actually look at their, their screen time on their phone and they're spending like three to five hours per day on their phone. And it's like, okay, well, you could definitely get that down to one. You know, very few people need to spend one, more than one hour on their phone per day. That, that could potentially save you two to four hours per day. Four hours per day. If you if you if you could if you have four out four free hours per day, that's twenty eight hours a week. You could get a degree with that time. You know, you like it easily. Like you could easily get a degree with with that time that time availability. Like if you were to add that up across the week, imagine you did four hours of like obviously I don't expect all personal trainers to do four hours of study every day. But even if you just did one hour, like you do you take one hour, you pick a topic, you try to understand it a bit better, and you do that over the course of multiple years you're going to have a pretty damn good understanding of a lot of different topics or what you could do is just kind of, you know, keep reading short posts on Instagram and be like, Oh yeah, that's kind of interesting. I must read up on that. And then on to the next one, you know, because that's where people get their education. And, and I think that's definitely a, a place where people can put this into practice, but of course still the training nutrition stuff too. Do people still use Instagram? They do. Like this scrolling interesting story. Watching, watching stories been like, oh, she got a new dress. Oh, that's, that's so cool. I wonder where she got that. And then scroll ASOS for like two hours. Or so. Guys do that too. So not just girls. <laughs> that's fair enough. Do guys buy dresses, Gary? They do. It's very progressive of you. You don't know that. That's good. Because um, usually you're a bigot. But anyway. No, I'm very progressive. So... What you're saying is the only novelty people should bring into their plan is the novelty of consistency. Pretty boring, lads, but I mean, we'll see who's, who's who in 10 years. <laughs> you're dead right, Gary. Um, now, the question is, where can people consistently engage with us? You can engage with us in the triage method community. Um, it's a group on Facebook group on Facebook <laughs> open access you can access links below link below you can access different things that we post in there we generally post you know a number of interesting research papers or articles or anything like that that we might have been reading that we're not necessarily sharing anywhere else um, sometimes we'll give a synopsis and some you know of the implications of that study like what that might actually mean for you um, we also analyze people's training clips. If you want to send us training clips, like let's, let's, let's do it. You know, that's another way that another thing that ties into this conversation, you know, it might be the case that you've been bench pressing for three years, your chest has never grown and maybe you just need some, some tips on how to improve the way that you perform it. And that could be, you know, the, the little change that makes that consistency worth it. So that's a good thing that you could do. Um, 
Triage Medical Community, that is. And then you could, of course, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, we are consistently posting YouTube videos now, um, at least two, or we're getting like two vlogs slash instructive videos up per week, along with these podcast videos. Of course, if you just listen to the podcast, I recommend that you you watch um, because, you know, sometimes... Nah, nobody wants to see our faces, Gary. Let's be serious. Sometimes, you know, we look cute. Sometimes, you know... Uh, my, my delts might look a little bit juicy or, you know, Paddy's beard is looking extra fine. So, you know, that might be a little, little bonus, a little Easter egg. Um, Actually, so yeah. no, legitimately, we were saying this before the podcast, right? Legitimately, <laughs> we both have lab coats. I reckon we should just start wearing lab coats for the podcast, right? So if you're a listener, you will never know if we actually implement this plan. <laughs> But there is a very high possibility that in future we will be wearing our lab coats for the podcast. So the entire time, or our geese, right? Our kimonos. Uh, so there's a very real possibility that if you're not subscribed to YouTube, we may in fact be wearing clothing that we won't mention that only the YouTube subscribers we'll see but we may also not so who knows i'm definitely gonna do it <laughs> i mean you didn't finish where else can people find us or how can they how can they engage with us gary you can follow us on the instagrams of course you know we share most of the stuff that's going on other platforms there. get off instagram yeah like honestly if you, if you have to unsubscribe from triage and delete your instagram like, I'm okay with that. You know, I think it's actually worth it. That trade-off for, for your life is just probably worth it. So you could do that. Um, but if you do happen to stick around on Instagram, before you disable your account, just click subscribe, you know, to triage method. It's just so, you know, or follow so that we've got that little extra follower. Although I'm not so sure if you stay around as a follower then. Anyway, um, all the things you could do, check out our website, you know, triagemethod.com. That's where we post all of our articles, podcasts, etc. everything you're going to find there. There's some recommended resources on our website that we just added. So recommended websites, different pieces of gym equipment that you might want to use, um, things like that, you know, stuff that people are generally looking for. Um, and then the other thing is, what else do people need to do? Subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, um, leave your comments, give us suggestions for what you'd like to hear. There's a questions box below. Um, so you can send us a question um, that will be answered on the podcast. Um, or we might even write an article about it. So that could be good. Or it will be the topic of a YouTube video. But we will get around to your questions if they are good questions. And I think that's most of what people need to know. Of course, you could engage with our services on the triage method store or triagemethod.com forward slash online coaching or forward slash group coaching. The online coaching service is a one-to-one -one service, of course, as you know. We do have some availability at the moment, as we alluded to in one of the previous episodes, or no, in the future episode, damn it. Previous. Previous. Oh, yeah, well, previous. In a previous episode, um, as we, we've had it, you know, we have clients that finish up every now and then, some people that come on for stints of three to six months, so that's why we do have, you know, some availability um, every time we mention it. Uh, but but there is an upper limit and there definitely is an upper limit because we don't, we don't have that time with college to be taking on like 50 clients so each but um but yeah online coaching group coaching ebooks program templates all on the website you did good gary such a shield shield for, for big triage yeah they pay well though don't they oh they do i get my 
I'm, I'm getting paid by Big Pharma now as well because I'm a medical student. Too easy. Oh, yeah, that's, that's nice. It's lucrative. Yeah. Like. Their paycheck isn't great, though. Ah, uh, Pfizer are pretty sound. Yeah, but you have to keep real quiet about stuff as well, like, you know, vaccines and stuff. You have to, like, not say anything about it. Oh, yeah, I can't, I, can't, I can't actually tell people that, you know, vaccines are actually a public program to, you know, make sure that cancer spreads, you know, worldwide and stuff like that. You know, that's what, that's what they're for. And give people autism so they don't question big government. Of course, of course. That's how I got it anyway. Um, so I have nothing else to add to this conversation. In fact, I need to urinate quite a lot. Um, so I'm going to wrap this up here, Gary. Do you have anything to add or have you spoken all you wish to speak i've spoken all i wish to speak for the moment of course i don't know like the podcast i already said that so yeah it's 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 too easy guys have a great week be, be consistent that's the message for this week love you guys xo xo